welcome to Your Business Greatness. I am your host, Simone Sloan, the Executive Strategist, and really our mission here is to educate business owners, professionals, the community at large. Welcome. Today we're doing a coffee talk, and really it's part two of Stronger Together, how women collaborate, partner to support each other and the communities in which we serve. We have a wonderful guest, four, three guests today that we are going to learn more about. Ruchi Penninger, Deborah Boulanger, and Elizabeth Ice. But first I want us to go ahead and around the room and just introduce ourselves. Sure. I'm Ruchi Pinnaker. As you said, I'm the founder of Watch Her Prosper. We work with women business owners to be prosperous and powerful mm. through their finances. So we're really partners to our clients and we work with them on not only financial mentorship, but bookkeeping, tax time readiness, and everything that goes into helping women business owners manage their businesses. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Thank you. Elizabeth, why don't you share a little bit about you? Great. Hi, so glad to be here. I'm Elizabeth Ice, and I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Results Resourcing. And we are the freelance job platform that comes with your own recruiter. And we help small businesses scale. My heart, of course, is with women-owned, women-led businesses. And we're basically a matchmaker. We match you and your expertise needs with expert freelancers that can step in and deliver and help you scale your business so you can focus on the core value you deliver to your clients by outsourcing some of the non-core work that bogs you down. Mm, love it. And Deborah, please. Well, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. It's It was not in my DNA. There were no role models for <laughs> me when I first got started. But after 20 years in the corporate world, in developing service offerings and training the sales force and how to sell them, I decided to lean out more than I wanted to lean in. I had mm. achieved everything I wanted to achieve in that, that position I was in. And I launched my own business. And I'm the founder of the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs, where I help smart and accomplished women in corporate launch their own coaching and consulting or service-based businesses. I'm the founder of The Great Do-Over, which is my company name and host of the Life After Corporate podcast. Nice. Very nice. As you can see, we've got the financial expert, the scaling expert, and that will get you launched into business experts. So I think this is great. And not to mention, too, I do a lot of the executive coaching work, too. So it's really around the behaviors piece. Before we get into things, I'm just curious then what, because Bev, you said something really interesting. You mentioned the fact that you came from the corporate world and sort of what led us to where we are today. And I'm just curious if you want to, if you want to kick us off in that realm, because you kind of started that way. Sure, absolutely. I was burnt out. I was, I had outsourced motherhood to other people, my, my ex-husband at that point. And there was a time in my career where I had never been more successful and I was two levels below the CEO, but I really didn't have any aspirations to join the C-suite. And I also didn't want to work at that pace anymore. I didn't mm. want to live in a hotel room three nights a week. 
So I went on a search for, well, well, what am I? What could I do? What skills do I have? And as all people, entrepreneurship is a meandering path. You don't always end up where you started. So I started out as a life coach. I did some career transition coaching, some relationship transition coaching. And it wasn't until my son went to college that I was asking myself, okay, what's next? And I realized that where women entrepreneurs struggle early on in their business launch is getting traction, creating something that people actually want to buy. And so that's when I took my skills of market research and product development and said, oh, I can teach other people how to mm. do this. So I had, I came armed with a framework that other people could use and it's not cookie cutter. You know, you do you, no, no one here in this podcast is exactly the same. We all have a different, a different skill, expertise and point of view, but it gives them a process for figuring out where is my market opportunity? How do I monetize that? So they actually can make an impact with their work and support their families and put food on the table. Mm, I love that. Love that. And Elizabeth, tell us about your journey. Well, I, I, you know, relate a little bit to what Deb was saying. I, didn't know very much about entrepreneurship and I actually um, advanced to the C-suite, you know, in, in the corporate divisions I was in, in the insurance industry, multi-decade career running businesses. And, you know, at some point I just uh, felt like it just didn't speak to me anymore. And, you know, while I enjoyed the responsibility, just um, same kind of thing. And, and so I, I, uh, I had an opportunity to join a startup. And I did. I up and left. <laughs> My AWOL joined a startup, you know. And I, uh, you know, worked for a number of startups, consulted for a number of startups. And one of the things I slowly recognized that I had a real skill for, you know, how to run things, you know, how to make things work well, and how to build teams that can collaborate, and how do you, how do you add technology, you know, into that uh, equation? Because so much, you know, to scale your business get a, a, a small business entrepreneurial venture going, you need to think about people and technology and have real skills in that area. And along the way, I uh, actually started hiring freelancers myself to scale my own small teams. And I discovered that um, what an extraordinary wealth of talent there is freelancing. And that this was 15 years ago. Mm. And, you know, now it's, it's even more amazing, the talent that's there. And it really boils down to what Peter Drucker said, in the 1950s or 60s that people should be doing what they do best and outsource the rest. Whether it's outsourcing process type work to technology or outsourcing, outsourcing non-core work that you don't really like doing or aren't good at doing to really talented freelancers that that's what they're best at. You know, so it's a real win-win. And I, so I basically, through that discovery, um, found that my purpose was, you know, to empower the purpose of other people by helping them figure out how to do this. And ultimately built, designed and built results resourcing, which is a platform that uses technology to match small business needs to great freelancers that can provide an answer to those needs while still having a human element, because that's what makes our platform unique is we have powerful, powerful technology that rivals anything that's out there, but we also have integrated it with human staffing experts that help 
help you understand what you need and then go find it for you and make those matches and and help you be successful integrating freelance, great freelance talent into your team. I love that because, you know, oftentimes we don't get to do what we love best because we're trying to do as an entrepreneur, trying to do everything. And we, we can't because then we are good at nothing right at the end of the day. So I love that um, being able to get the entrepreneurs focused take away the things and identify the things that you don't like. So that way you are able to do the things that you do well and can build and grow. Yep. Great. Ruchi, please share your journey. Sure. Thank you. I like Deb was, and Elizabeth. I was also in that corporate world running the rat race. You know, I was on wall street for many years. I just never felt satisfied. I felt really unfulfilled. I even took a sabbatical and I thought, let me start a nonprofit. Let me be a baker. Let me be a florist. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And, you know, ultimately I tried a few different roles internally. I still wasn't happy and I left the firm. I later hired a coach, a coach who really helped me get through that difficult journey of not knowing what was next and helping me to recognize that that time off the time to be able to figure out what I was meant to do, what, what, where my journey was meant to lead me was a gift. So she said, mm. appreciate this gift of time mm. and be open to what the universe brings you and look for the signs that you need to take you where you're meant to be. And that's exactly what I did. I was listening. I was out there. I stayed connected to people and I heard the same messages over and over again. And they happened to be coming from women who own their own businesses. Mm. And what they said was, I love what I do. I'm so good at it. I'm passionate about it, but I hate managing a business. I hate it. I don't like the numbers. I'm scared of them. I'm not good at them. I ignore them. So that's what I kept hearing. And one of my really good friends, one of my best friends in the whole world was one of those women and would say those same things to me. And I said to her, you know, I have this time on my hands. I have these skills. Let's let's meet up. Let's do it. Let's do it together. And so we started meeting regularly. She started talking about more about her business woes and what was going on. And, you know, after about three months, we got her set up on a finance, you know, an accounting system on a in a process We had her raising her rates. She didn't feel alone in her business anymore. She felt like she had a partner in it. She started to feel more confident. So it really, I got to see that the work I was doing was making such an impact. And in fact, I always wanted to be a therapist. So now I got to be sort of what my client (laughs) is a financial therapist using this finance background and this love of helping people and giving advice. And that friend of mine started to talk about me and tell tell other women about me. And that's actually how I found my first client. Nice. And when I, I mean, it was amazing. What what I talked to my my first this person on a consult and she told me all the things she was going through. And I said to her, I can really help you. I think, you know, we would be really good together as a great team. And she got tears in her eyes and she mm. said, I feel like an angel sent you. Mm. And that was my aha moment. That's when I realized I can 
do this work. I can make an impact for people. It doesn't have to be because I have a nonprofit. I can actually have a business, help women, help them grow, give them confidence, partner with them. So they really do love their business and their numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love what you said about the, the partnership piece and supporting other women. And I think when, you know, I wish I had a team of us when I first started my <laughs> foray, right? Because it's, it was crazy. And here I was doing the corporate work, entrepreneurship work at the same time. And that is draining because you're talking 80 plus hours plus another hours, you know, killing both candles at and both ends or burning them at both ends, I should say. But I think that us as a team and, and what we do, it's, it's really a gift that we are providing for our community. And I, I want to back up, though, because it didn't come just by happenstance, right? It was Deb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's bring in Deb again, because yep. I, let's and hear that story in terms of what you left and what you wanted to start and then how it's kind of blossomed to where it is today. Absolutely. So when you are listening to you have your ear to the ground, right? So you're listening to what's going on in the market I had enrolled in this year-long mastermind. I had invested $10,000. And I'm looking around the room a year later and realized that no one, very few women in the room really had a business. Mm -hmm. They had an idea. They had a passion, but they didn't have a business. And here I am standing on the stage on the success panel, which is what happens when you go to a three-day event and and you're a client and they want to showcase that you've had success. And I'm looking around the room and I know from my product development experience that these women don't even have a business. Mm. They, they don't solve a need in the marketplace. So the number one thing you need to do is find a gap in the market, find a, a problem that needs solving that isn't being solved or isn't being solved well, and then talk to the people who are in that marketplace, right? Understand what have you already tried? What's worked? What hasn't? What do you wish you had? and find that that gem of an opportunity. And so I took my secret sauce from the corporate world, which was really getting into the hearts and minds of mm. our clients and creating something that they really wanted that no one else was offering. And by the way, when you do that, you get to charge a premium for it because there's a high degree of value for it. So then I also became a pricing expert because women for the most part are also undercharging what they're worth. But anyway, that's putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> The bottom line is is find a problem that really needs solving yep. and solve it and do it really well. Got it. So we have the problem, we've found the problem, right? But Ruchi also mentioned the idea of financing, cash flow, because that's really ultra important in, or in for that success. So Ruchi, tell us a little bit more in terms of what you do to support women in that space. Sure. I mean, you know, a lot of women, like we talked about, are just, you know, are not are not confident in the numbers. So over 60% of women would rather talk about their own death than money. (laughs) So that's why I work with them. First of all, we work together to talk about money, to set goals. And that's something that people aren't always comfortable doing. So I always say, you know, find somebody that you're comfortable, whether it's your life partner, your business partner, or somebody like myself, who you can really trust and talk through the, the money woes with and really make plans and set goals. The other thing is looking at the numbers. That's a big, that's sort of a big hurdle and block. A lot of people ignore them. I talked about that earlier. And so we are 
digging into the numbers. We are doing the books. So we're actually in there like detectives and finding ways to save and finding things that are double charged or that are not being used. And we bring those to our clients so they can save hundreds, thousands of dollars a year just because there's somebody looking at the numbers for them and with them. Got it. And also, yeah. What were you going to say, Simone? Tell me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm listening because it's all. So while you're doing this, I'm thinking behaviors too that you're and relationships and emotions that you're kind of unearthing in this process. It's so true. I love that you said relationships because I talk about money as a relationship, right? Mm. We all think about ourselves. We have a relationship with each other as colleagues, right? We have relationships with our spouses, with our children. We don't think about the relationship we have with money, and it's the kind of thing we ignore. So how, when you ignore any relationship, what happens to it? So think about what ignoring your money is doing. Mm. And that's why I do what I do. So we talk about the money, we look at the money. And then the last thing and the most important thing, it because it's really a path, is we need to trust the money, mm. trust ourselves with the money. Many of us have these money stories from our past. And a lot of the work I do in talking with my clients and other women is sort of pulling that up from the past and recognizing it and letting it go. Mm, beautiful. I love the intentionality of putting it at the forefront. You can't mm. ignore it, right? And it can't be, you can't brush it under, under the rug because then it doesn't really help you in terms of operationalizing and getting the business going. One of the things as entrepreneurs is that we get so bogged down working in the business that we lose that line of sight to work, to know when to work on the business. Elizabeth, give us some ways through which as, as entrepreneurs that we can best navigate those scenarios. Well, you know, I think what struck me with what Devin Rucci just said was, you know, about relationships and you have a relationship to your business and to your work too. Mm -hmm. And when it comes back to pricing, what you do and how you spend your time, I think it comes back to some fundamentals that are, you know, essential to be addressed if you do want to a, get out of your business or get something out of your business before you actually exit your business. And I think the, the first thing is valuing your time. Mm. And I think a, a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs are passionate about their idea and they're not really thinking about how much is my time worth and what's the opportunity cost of me spending my time in one area versus the other. And, you know, after a long, complicated history of trying to figure out what is core work that somebody should do versus non-core work that they should delegate to somebody else. I've finally figured out it's really simple. Core work is anything, is the value you, you produce for your clients. Whatever your client will pay for is your core work. And that's where you should be spending your time. Anything else, even if it's important to run your business, like doing your bookkeeping, Ruchi can probably do it better for you, especially if, you do, if you're not comfortable with it. And so it's finding those partnerships that can help you build either direct or indirect relationships with your, your money or your business or whatever it is. And so I think that's really a crucial thing is to recognize that however you spend your time, you're paying yourself with real cash or by how you spend your time. Every hour counts. So make sure you're spending it on the stuff that really delivers value because mm -hmm. that's going to help you grow and scale your business. 
and it's finding other people that are the great partners for you in the things you don't like to do or don't do well, or that is simply supporting your business. And it's important to do, but you shouldn't be doing it. And I think those are really important things to get into place. And I obviously think that, you know, there are terrific freelancers out there that, that can do a lot of things for you that you've been doing yourself because we're all in this DIY mentality because you've got phones that you can look stuff up and there's apps. There's an app for everything, but it doesn't mean that's what you should be doing. Absolutely. And uh, so I think those are some of the crucial things to really putting a value on your time, putting a value on your business, what you should be charging, and then deciding how you spend your time. And I think that leads you to making good decisions that will lead to a more prosperous business so you can get more out of it and ultimately exit it. Got it. No, I think the thing that's great because I think too, one of the things that I do with the clients is that I get them to show me their calendar of their week. Just, yeah. I just want to see what the calendar looks like because it enables us then to say, okay, how are we prioritizing what you're doing and what can be delegated? What do you want to keep on your plate? Yeah. And if they don't have, they can't organize that or even communicate that and articulate that effectively, then that's the first place they start. So then understanding, okay, who do you need to start partnering and bringing in for those additional supports? I think that's great in terms of knowing what you want to do, what you don't want to do, but also valuing that time and putting a price on that, right? You know, to what you just said, I mean, one of the huge things is with with almost any calendar app, you can color code your time. Mm. And so that if you start to color your code, your time in terms of how much time do you spend on business development or, or, or your numbers or whatever it is, it's shocking when you, I mean, I I've been doing it for years. It's not shocking to me, but it's, it's like, but it's like, wow, it's like not digesting words, but it's like, if, if green represents business development and it's a tiny portion of your time on the calendar, that's an eye opener. Right. So I, I love these color coding um, tools that calendars I'm a color coder also. <laughs> I'm a color coder. <laughs> me I love too, it. Me I love too. color code. <laughs> Absolutely. It just helps. And it just makes sense too from a yeah. business perspective. And you start getting strategic and start thinking differently about your business. So yeah. to this point where she met women who are, they didn't really have more of a hobby and not necessarily a business business, it changes the mindset of how you kind of think and reframe what you're doing and why you're doing it, Right. I want to switch gears a little bit because we also belong to a community called Elevate. And that's kind of what the, the platform that brought us together, our skill sets and how we work. I think Deb was also instrumental in sort of mm-hmm. creating this space because it was the first entrepreneurship space within this, this organization. Yeah. So Deb, I just want to share because you did take a risk. You met all of us <laughs> as part of that risk, <laughs> but we're working so effectively. So please. Share a little bit. Of well, time. thank you, Simone. So, uh, first of all, it's you know ear to the ground again. I was a member of Elevate Network for a couple of years, and I noticed how many women entrepreneurs were part of my community. In fact, many of them I got the opportunity to work with, and so that's when I went to Christy Wallace and said, uh, the CEO of Elevate, and said, you know, we have an opportunity here to start providing some programming. And then I never like to take any road alone, <laughs> and so I thought. <laughs> what skills do I have? What skills could we use? And how can we 
practice what we preach and create a team that represented diversity, that represented the women in the community. So I tapped Simone first and said, uh, you know, I've, I've seen your work. I've heard wonderful things about you. I know you're an Elevate leader. Uh, would you like to join me in this endeavor? I tapped Elizabeth. I said, you know, you have process skills and, and how to hire and scale that I don't have. And then Ruchi, you had the financial piece and helping people run the numbers in their business and, and love their numbers. And I've, I'm such a huge fan of yours and your approach. So basically, I fell in love with each of you and saw what you brought to the table. And so there was no question that I wanted us to do this as a team and not go solo. Absolutely. Because that would be a lot of time, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because it brings, it leverages our strengths to provide programming to help other entrepreneurs who may, are struggling, right, potentially in their business and give them a different way to, to look at it. And so when Ruchi brings in her financial expertise to the table, I mean, it's just Amazing, because you've had programs, and please share some of the programs that you've delivered for, for the platform, Ruchi. Yeah, I mean, we've one of the notable ones was just really managing your cash flow, because without that, you don't even know where you are, right? And a lot of people forget to do things simply like paying themselves and saving for emergency fund and for taxes, and then they end up kind of stuck in these situations. So, you know, talking about that, and I created a special template for our members that they could download. We've had lots of Q&A type of conversations, so I could really just answer questions for our members as they came up, especially last year with the difficulties in the pandemic and navigating all of the government loans and grants. We did some Q&As where people could come and talk about their woes and what were what was going on for them in terms of if they were uh, you know, if they would qualify for a PPP loan mm. or an EIDL loan. So we got to really meet people where they were. Yeah. And that's and those things are pretty daunting when you're trying to do it by yourself. So leveraging an expert like yourself. Absolutely. There, you know, there were a lot, there was a lot of misinformation. People didn't realize that they could apply and we, we gave them better information to, to explain that they could in many cases. So we really hopefully got people money too. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I know sometimes too, you know, Elizabeth, when, as people try to relinquish some of the things that they hold very dear to them in their business and they don't feel, think that they can release those extra work workloads or work streams. You've also brought a lot of programming to help share that knowledge and insights to help them transition. Yeah, I, I think when I when I think about the programming, you know, I, I think that one of the coolest ideas is, I mean, first of all, we all have this common vision, you know, and, you know, to want women and entrepreneurs to succeed and have more impact, kind of impact they want. And it's not the same for everybody. And so what I, I like is we kind of pooled our knowledge and kind of came up with a, I'll just call it an editorial calendar that kind of tracks with what's happening for a business month over month. And, and with periodic lookbacks to kind of help everybody be accountable. So I think we felt we've ended up building a pathway for brand new entrepreneurs or experienced entrepreneurs that are trying to take it to the next level. I think that that's been really successful and the community is growing because people are coming to see that, that this is a journey, not a not an event. Right. And, mm -hmm. and they, they're going to get tools and breakouts and things where they can mastermind or, you know, learn, learn from other experts. So I think that's been 
been really, really exciting. And, and one of the most recent ones is, is we did a breakout time, breakout on the value of time. Mm. And, you know, where people, you know, we, we kind of started with a poll, like, you know, cold, what's an hour of your time worth? You know, no context, just what is it? You know, and just because I think that was a great frame of reference. It probably isn't five dollars. You know, it's I don't know what it is. It doesn't really matter, but it's whatever's you you value your time, then that's how much you're spending every time you spend working on your business and either not getting paid or investing. It's an investment. It's return on investment of of your time. And so I think that really sets the context, you know, for, you know, which we try to help provide a path and, and an answers to how someone could spending their time to get to wherever they want to get Absolutely. with their business. And I think too, what I like is that we're not trying to boil the ocean, mm-hmm. right? It can be very daunting and, and overwhelming and take people out of that process, but really chunking it down into those little baby steps. So make it, it does become doable. And it also provides an opportunity to ask questions, get support inside the circle, outside the circle. And that's what I like about how we've kind of set that up. Um, going along. I also want to sh- acknowledge you, Simone. I know you're the moderator of this session, but <laughs> exactly. I want to acknowledge <laughs> that you bring some serious skills to the table with your business acumen, with your executive coaching and mindset coaching. But what really has fascinated me most recently about you is your mon- multi-dimensionality. Mm. You know, you are you are very professional. You are very buttoned up, and you have a spiritual side and you led us most recently with this exercise to just receive, you know, and the importance of not always doing and giving and giving, but how important it is to fill up the Mm. internal bucket. And so I just want to acknowledge you for that because the more, the more programming you deliver for Elevate, the more I get to know you, the more facets I get to see and understand about you. So I just want to appreciate that. Thank you. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Awesome. We've all had our journeys and we've shared a lot from going from the corporate world into entrepreneurship. And so in that journey, we've had some learnings. And I'm just curious if um, you'd be open to sharing one key learning or something that you said, you know what, I'm glad I had that experience because. I'll share. One of the things I talk about, especially right now with so many women in transition, I share that you don't always have to know exactly what the next step is. It's sort of like the advice that I've gotten for myself in the past. Be open to what comes, be confident in your future and, you know, look for the guidance from the universe to lead you because you may not know exactly where you're meant to be, but if you're not open, you may not <clears throat> end up exactly where you're meant to be either. Got it. I love it. Be open. Deb. So much of our time is spent trying to get things perfect before we release anything to the world. So I guess my my learning and piece of advice is amplify your exposure. You know, come up with your messaging, be consistent, get out there, speak. I know many of us here are introverts and yet we have overcome this and are trained extroverts because if people can't see you, if they can't hear you, they don't know how to engage you. 
So I think that's the most important lesson learned from my camp is being a reformed introvert and reformed perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Elizabeth. Well, I would, I would echo um, what's been said already. Probably my favorite word on earth is the word iterate. Um, I, you know, because I think, I think life is about iteration. You can't, you, you can't, it's not, it's very dynamic. It's not static. You can't predict. I mean, who predicted the, you know, the pandemic yet we've all pivoted and iterated and, um, and, and to go back to what Deb just said, I mean, it's like, there is no such thing as perfection. Mm. The best thing is to get something well thought out. The, the best you can do at the moment, get it out in the marketplace and get reaction to it and build in a way that, that this is a great scalable idea. Don't get locked in, you know, find ways to keep growing. And, and um, if I, I had to just one little nugget, it would be, you know, perfection is a state of your mind. It's not in the you what you think is perfect isn't what your customers think or your clients think. And so that iteration piece should be doing as much as you can to stand in your client's shoes to understand what how they value, how they perceive what you do. Because so many times we're locked up in, oh, I can't release it because it's not perfect. But that's what I think versus rolling something out that gets people using it and working with it so you can shape it and iterate. Absolutely. I love it. I would say for me, it's partnership. Mm. And I think that's, we tend to forget sometimes that there are others with expertise that we can lean on and lean into. And for all types of support, not only just on the business side, but just for just that personal get going kind of motivational support that's needed. And I think that's one thing that I really love about our relationship in terms of what we do, but also just in terms of business. So find your four, your core. (laughs) And if not, (laughs) check out, check us out (laughs) (laughs) from that perspective. But I just want to say thank you for spending time today on the Your Business Greatness podcast and sharing your journey and, and your business and your expertise about what you do. Thank you, you, Simone. Yes, thanks for this great idea to bring us together. It's just really fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Your Business Greatness. I am your host, Simone Sloan, and love to see you next time.